Ion 2020 episode 196. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here. Your host, that brings you the news and events of the things that are going on in the 2020 election. I appreciate you joining me on IN2020, and that is your source for all that news and events and all the stuff that goes on in the 2020 elections because we always want to make sure that we are the most informed people that we can be so that when we're having conversations with our friends, we can change their minds towards a libertarian direction. That's right. Uh, and this is my honest to God best attempt to not talk about the Trump impeachment thing and all that. Uh, There's not really a lot of news that comes out on that or anything like that. So my goal is to stay away from that topic for a while. I'm kind of sick of hearing about it. It's going to happen, obviously. And uh, the House is going to go after as much as they can. They're going to try to subpoena the entire White House, I guess. I don't know. And uh, they are serious about it. And they're going to make this thing happen. They're going to go through the entire process. They're going to draw it out for a long time. Usually it takes eight, nine months, sometimes 18 months. Uh, So we shall see what this today is my uh my attempt to try to not talk about that stuff so i appreciate you continuing to follow the show every single day uh, i do put out a show monday through friday for you to make sure that uh, we can basically cover the news and events as they happen and then also if the candidates make some headlines and stuff i'll try to cover those things as they happen as well and uh if you like what you hear go ahead and subscribe to the show uh, you might not want to subscribe right now, but like maybe towards the end of the show. Let's say you're sitting there and you're like, man, this guy, Ray, he puts together a mean podcast. Then you'll be like, okay, let me go ahead and uh, go and subscribe to the show. And then all y'all that continue to listen to the show every day and you haven't given me a five-star rating review, very helpful if you do. So go ahead and uh, try to do that for me as well. That always helps with those algorithms and stuff. So uh, anyone that does that, I appreciate that, especially those that get the five-star ratings. And then when you give a review, that's very helpful as well. Let's other people read it and they'll say, holy cow, not only is Ray awesome when I listen to his show, but you know what? Someone else thinks so too. So uh, there you go. So that'll be very helpful as well. Um, just trying to make sure that you guys have some information and stuff. And uh, my goal, though, to th- this week is just to kind of stay away from this whole Trump impeachment. That's something breakthrough happens, but I haven't really seen it. I really have not seen too many breakthrough things happen on this whole impeachment uh, process. A lot of people say it's not an impeachable offense. Other people say it is. Uh, I guess it's, you know, always through the eyes of the beholder. It really comes down to the people that are in Congress and what they think, right? doesn't matter what you and I think or what uh, the people on Fox News or MSNBC or CNN think. It doesn't even matter what the people in the New York Times think. All that really matters is what those people that are in Congress, what is it, 450 members of Congress, what they think. And they're probably going to be able to get their way with this whole impeachment thing, at least that part of the process. The next step after that is going to be the uh, process where they have to send up the Senate and then they think, think they need it like two-thirds percent of the so it would be 60 votes and then we get what is it, is it two-thirds or three i can't remember i think it's uh two-thirds majority so what is that 66 members or something like that 
uh, that would need to vote for it. So uh, we'll see if that happens, though. I don't, I don't, I'm not convinced that they're going to be able to make something like that happen at the Senate level, and then they'll keep Donald Trump in office. Wonder if he'll run for. That's what I'm. That's what I've been looking at. Is or that's what I've been trying to consider in my mind. Really, if this thing continues to move forward, will he run for? a second term? Will he continue to run for a second term? Will he just, you know, hang up his hat and say, you know what, I'm not going to run and try to live out the rest of the term? Or will he just resign? Nixon resigned. I'm sure there was a lot of pressure to make sure that he resigned when they were going through the process with him. Donald Trump, or um, Bill Clinton never resigned or anything like that, and they went through the whole process with him. And then you have uh, Donald Trump. Will he resign? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Th- I think he has way too much pride to resign. So we'll see. But you know what? I'm not even supposed to be talking about this whole scenario. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of the information that I found. What I want to talk about today, though, is the swamp. The swamp that you call Washington D.C. It is a very swampy place. And when we talk about the swamp, that means that it's like a place where, you know, there's just stuff, just uh, you know, corruption there things are just rotting away in swamps, right? Like, you, you know, grass drops in there, leaves drop in there, and it just kind of rots away. You got alligators swimming through there trying to kill, you know, eat people and eat animals and stuff like that. It's a scary place in the swamp, you know? You have to wade through it and hope you don't get bit by a snake or, an, or get eaten by an anaconda or, or whatever. And that's what Washington, D.C. is, is a swamp. And Donald Trump went up there and he's like, man, I'm going to go down there and drain the swamp. That's what I'm going to do. And it's just as swampy as ever, though, guys. It really is. And that's what I kind of wanted to talk about today. Is why, why are there so many lobbyists in Washington? What makes it profitable for a lobbyist to go to Washington, right? Why would a company spend $13.6 million like DuPont did? and Dow Chemical did. Why would a company spend $9.4 million like Prudential Financial did, huh? Why? Why would Abivai, a pharmaceutical company, spend $8 million, or T-Mobile spend $8 million also? Why would Amazon go and spend $11.4 million? Why would the Chamber of Commerce spend $104 million? Or why would the Realtors Association spend $65 million. The question is why? What makes it profitable for these people, these companies to send their lobbyists to Washington, huh? That's what I want to know. Why would they spend so much money? I mean, would you spend that much money if you had a business in order to just, are they just spending it for the heck of it? No, they're spending it for a reason, right? So why would they do that? And that's what I wanted to talk about today. There's obviously people there to listen. Who's there to listen? Well, first of all, you have the bureaucracy of the entire federal government, right? You don't just have Congress people up there. You don't just have senators up there. You don't just have the president up there. You have the people that are in charge of the bureaucracies up there, right? The Department of Education, Department of Commerce, the federal, you know, the Federal Communications Department, you got, or the Federal Communications Commission, you have just tons of different bureaucratic organizations within the federal government that are up there 
in Washington, D.C., right? So these companies, they want to get influence. They're paying for influence. They're paying to influence the policies that the legislators and the bureaucrats within those organizations, the things that they do, the the policies that they propose. So if you're a member of, if you're a radio broadcaster, you're going to send people up to Washington on your behalf. You might have the American, you know, Broadcasting Association or something go up there on your behalf. And what are you going to do? You're going to pay them to make sure that your bandwidth is protected or your, you know, the policies are based upon protecting your industry and your radio station itself, right? That's your incentive on that. If there's a new law coming out and it doesn't benefit your particular industry or your business or your money, they're going to make sure that they try to get that influence. That's what they're going to do. The Realtors Association, the second largest spender in Washington, National Association of Realtors. Why are they there? What what do they have to do with the policy making in Washington D.C.? When you talk to your realtor who's spending money, or that you're you know you talk to your realtor, you want to go buy a house, and you go and you get a realtor, and they come and they show you a bunch of houses. You might be trying to get them to sell your house or something, right? Does that realtor have any incentive to basically be a part of the realtors association? Yeah, of course there's some incentive there. They're going to have access to different MLSs. They're going to have access to different um, business models. They might have access to other software and different things that being a part of the National Association of Realtors offers in order to make sure that you're competitive in your market, right? Because that's what you want to be. You're a realtor. You want to be competitive in the market. And also, you have the name realtor. You're not just a real estate agent. You're a realtor, right? And that says something. That says that you're certified in some way to sell houses better, I guess. That's your that's your assumption is when you talk to a realtor versus just a real estate agent. But they spent $64 million lobbying Washington. I wonder what they get out of that, right? What do they get out of it? They are trying to influence tax policy is what it is. They're going to spend as much money as they can to try to influence tax policy and zoning, and I'm sure there's lots of other stuff, building codes, things like that. But they're spending this money because they're trying to get influence with politicians and the bureaucrats that are up there that are making decisions that might affect the livelihood of of their members, right? So they're going to send they're going to spend as much money as they need to to try to influence that policy. US Chamber of Commerce, that would be for businesses, right? Small businesses. They're up there trying to influence the tax policy as well. 103 million dollars they spent lobbying Washington. Why would they do that? Because it's in their interest to make sure that their members have some kind of seat at the table when policymakers, the congressmen, the House representatives, the Senate, the president even, if they could have their people getting little favors put into different bills to protect them from taxes, 
protect them from other things, also maybe protect them from tariffs that are coming on. Maybe get their products put through onto a, you know, some sort of international trade law or something like that. Like there's a lot of benefit, but they're up there trying to influence policymakers. If they can get a tax break for their members and it costs them a hundred million dollars to get a ten billion dollar tax cut for their members, then they're gonna do it. It's beneficial. It's the it's beneficial to be an influential lobbyist in Washington. That's the swamp though. The real tragedy in this is, in my mind, is the fact that we have a government that has so much power, so much control over so much money, and so much control over so many dollars that are going to be taxed, that it causes these people to have to send their lobbyists up to Washington to, to get things to happen. A lot of politicians, especially when you listen to Democrats, they talk about it. They say, we need to drain the swamp. We need to end corporate control over the government. We need to end all this lobbying. We need to make it illegal, maybe, for these people to lobby. We need to make it illegal for ex-Congress people to lobby in Washington. But that's not the problem. That's a symptom of the problem. The lobbyists are doing it because it's in their best interest to do it. I mean, you have the American Hospital Association, the Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, the American Medical Association, you got Boeing, an individual company, you got the National Association of Broadcasters, you have AT&T, you have Google, Google spent $15 million, wow, you got Dow Chemical, you got Lockheed Martin, what are they trying to do, they're spending money, millions upon millions of dollars, tens of million dollars, to try to influence these Congress people and these bureaucrats that are making the decisions. If you have a play, company like Boeing or General Dynamics or Northrop Grumman, right? If you have companies like that, they're up there trying to make sure that they get the contracts from the Pentagon when they're going to be spending their $700 billion a year. When the Pentagon is going to spend $700 billion a year Somebody's going to spend 12 to $15 million to make sure that their lobbyists make sure that that contract goes to them. But the problem isn't the lobbyists. Businesses and people and associations are self-interested. They're going to do what's best for themselves and for their companies. It's called self-interest, and we all look out for ourselves, right? That's just human nature that's business nature to look out for yourself it's the fact that you also have the politicians that are self-interested up there you have the congressmen and the bureaucrats that are in all these different associations you have the military bureaucracy they're all in cahoots to make sure that part of that three and a half trillion dollars that's being spent every year in Washington and part of the trillions of dollars that's being taxed in Washington, all the favors go to your company or your association. We've kind of like become a nation of people who have figured out how to manipulate that system. They've figured out how to band together to get what they want. 
to socialize the cost of things that of mistakes that they make or socialize the cost of the things that they are producing so for example if the American Association of uh, or the American the National Association of Broadcasters if they go up to Washington they're just their entire intent if they're going to I mean they spent 16 million dollars in Washington on bureaucrats right their entire intent is to protect their interests their special interests if you have a business like Verizon Communications that goes and spends 10 million dollars they're trying to get special favors from the politicians and the bureaucrats that's just but the problem specifically is the bureaucrats that have that much power it's the politicians who have given the government that much power over time that have made it so the government has so much control over so much of the economy and so much money that it pays off to spend 10 million dollars to get the right influence it's just the swamp is there guys it has not been drained and it's not being drained and it won't be drained until we decide that we're going to start holding our leaders accountable but Americans don't hold the leaders accountable right now all they want is more you hear it every day on the campaign drill I'm going to give you free medicine I'm going to give you free college tuition I'm going to give you free health care I'm going to give you free child care I'm going to give you subsidized housing I'm going to take care of you from cradle to grave don't worry trust us it'll all be okay we as politicians will take care of you what they're doing is they're promising more and more and the people that are listening to it are thinking to themselves yeah that sounds good that sounds great she'll take care of things he'll take care of things you know I'll they'll relieve my college debt they'll help me get a affordable home yeah that's what I need I need a politician to help me out like people believe this stuff that's why politicians continue to be able to promise these things we need to change the culture the way that people interact with the government the expectations that we have of our government that needs to change that culture needs to change a hundred years ago people didn't expect things like that from their government they expected very little from the federal government maybe from their local governments I don't know but it definitely has gotten to the point where whenever there's a problem what do you hear we need to make a law when there's a problem what do we hear we need the federal government to come in here and fix it they need to come in here and fix it we need them to help us out there was a major tornado or hurricane that comes through where is fema at how are, you know that's what everyone's looking for the federal government to fix everything but we need to start changing that culture because the only reason why washington dc is a swamp is because the federal government has so much power and so much m- power over money that's going to be handed out to somebody if the government's spending 3.5 trillion dollars every single year 3.5 trillion dollars every single year right if the government's spending that much money that money's going to somebody if it's spent if they're spending it right so 
why wouldn't you go to Washington try, to try to get some of that money? Why wouldn't you send your lobbyists to Washington? Get together in a group. Let's start the National Association of Podcasters. Let's get up there and say podcasting is a a human right, but it's also not only is it a human right, it's a public good. And we need to make sure that there's more podcasters. We actually need to make sure that podcasters are paid at a market rate, at a good rate. We need to we need a minimum wage for podcasters. So if you're going to spend 4 hours in your podcast a day, the federal government needs to pay you. We need to go up there and start an association of podcasters so we can get some of that pie, right? I mean, there's $3.5 trillion. Why don't we just get a little bit of it so that it can be spread around to us, us podcasters? That's what we need. No, we don't need something like that. But you can ultimately see that the problem with that is that people have figured out that they can band together. That's why you have the American Medical Association. These are associations of doctors, right? The Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America. That's the different research and manufacturers of pharmaceuticals. They kind of band together. The American Hospital Association. The Association of Realtors. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce. All these different organizations, these groups of... the National Association of Manufacturers. National Amusements Association. Alliance of Automobile Manufacturers. All these different organizations, along with companies like Bayer, Coca-Cola, American Airlines, UPS, Chevron, Abivai, Oracle, General Motors, Edison Electric Institute, Facebook. They're spending so much money in Washington, and it's not because they're just being charitable. That's not part of their taxes. They didn't say, okay, I'm just going to pay out you know, $8 million in taxes that I'll just give. You know, No, it's lobbyists. They have lobbying they have people that they hire to try to gain influence. But if we got rid of all of that stuff, if we decided that as a nation we weren't going to ask our government to do all that stuff, then these companies would not have to go to Washington to get special favors. These associations wouldn't be able to do that. But people have figured out that they can, and they now they will. So I just want to make sure that you guys are aware that the swamp is not dead. The swamp is not gone. The swamp has not been drained. And it's on us to drain the swamp by spreading the culture and the idea of liberty, of freedom, of individual responsibility. That's what we need to do. We need to focus on that. We need to spread those ideas around. That the government, there's corruption with the government. And the reason why is because there's so much control that they have over everything. And that's why there's corruption. And if we just stop depending upon the state for everything, then the state won't be a provider of everything, and then you won't have all that corruption. Simple, simple, A simple idea, right, guys? A simple idea. Not really. Most people don't understand that. I know. Most people don't understand that. They just really want the federal government to do a lot for them. But that's because that's the way the culture has become. And we need to start changing that. So let's get out there, okay? Let's get out there and tell our friends about liberty. Let's get out there and tell our friends about freedom. Individual responsibility. The value of community. The value of neighborhoods. The value of family. 
That is where responsibility starts. With yourself and with your family and then with your neighborhood maybe. With the people that you know around you. But when we bypass that and go right to the state and say, take care of me, state. Take care of me, federal government. No, that's not the most responsible, the most responsive way to deal with these things, okay? But anyway, that's all I got for you guys today. I appreciate you that you keep on listening to this show. Um, take some time to subscribe to the show and give me a five-star rating and review. Uh, you can check me out, iontheempire.com, and also I on the Empire on Facebook and on Twitter. And then the thing you could do is maybe email me if you want to as well. Ray at iontheempire.com is the email address, and I'd love to hear your stories about what you're doing for the Liberty Movement, all right? It's always nice to hear about what you're doing for the Libertarian Movement and trying to spread the message of liberty. I love hearing about that stuff. So go ahead and do that, and then come on back tomorrow, and you'll have clear vision for 2020. Okay, it's official. First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. The website is up, firstyearinsales.com, as well as the podcast, First Year in Sales. So, if you know somebody, or if you happen to be in sales, you might as well go ahead and check this thing out, right? Because it is going to help you become a better salesperson by grounding you with the habits and the skills needed to be successful in sales, especially in your first year. But even if you're not in your first year, might as well check it out because then you'll be able to get back to the basics and getting back to the basics is key in sales. I've always felt that way. So Go ahead and check it out. First Year in Sales is ready, and it's a podcast, and you can do firstyearinsales.com.